Hi and welcome to Reader's Corner. This is the podcast where we give book recommendations for each season. Today's season is winter. I'm Emily and these are my co-hosts. I'm Sophie. I'm Jasmine. I'm Freya. So let's um, let's start with Sophie this time. Okay. Um, so the book I've chosen today uh, for our winter read is Midnight in Everwood. It's by mm-hmm. a woman named Maria Kusnier. And it is a fairy tale retelling of the Nutcracker. Oh, so very Christmassy in general. Um, the retelling is a more sinister or like a bit darker than the original story. It follows a girl called uh, Marietta Stell, who lives in London in 1906. So uh, she lives in like a very prestige environment. Her family is like very high in society and she loves dancing ballet like of course because it's <laughs> not cracker um and she goes to like the, uh, ballet classes and lives like a pretty normal life other than one day a mystery new guy comes into town his name is dr drosselmeyer and he's a toy maker uh, mm-hmm. who bought the house right next to theirs he's very mysterious nobody really knows a lot about him and the family is very interested in in him and invites him over. And it ends up that she has to get married to him because oh, it's no. that time where <laughs> people get uh, married away by their parents and she, Marietta doesn't think that's a good idea, of course. Because he's a toy maker, he's promised to make her a theatrical set for her like ballet performance at Christmas Eve. But when it ends up coming to Christmas Eve and she walks into the theatrical set, it ends up leading her to another world. Oh. Like in the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker universe, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> and there a lot of different things happen, a lot of nice things, and a lot of not so nice things. And I can't say too much because you just gotta read it. It's <laughs> yeah. what happens in it, but... Um, Marietta, she tries to find her way through life, and in some way, also the 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 world she in helps her get through her normal life as well mm-hmm. as the magical one. To get a better idea of what other people think of this book, I'll read to you some of the reviews on the back. Alex Bell says, "A lyrical winter fairy tale full of snow, magic, and whimsy." And Sophie Anderson says, deliciously dangerous and darkly enchanting. If that gets you interested in it. Definitely gets me interested. (laughs) Very intriguing. I might have to borrow that book from you. It is really good. It is, though, if you're like a new beginner to reading English books, I wouldn't recommend it because it's a bit uh, challenging to read at times because there's a lot of words that are French Mm. because... Uh, a lot of ballet, ballet term stuff and also just the language is very descriptive and using a lot of words that are not so much used today in like daily today speech so it's a bit yeah. difficult but it's very interesting to read well it's because mine is written in or supposed to be in 1906 so the language yeah. fits that time yeah. period mm. so i also chose a very wintry story um and it's it's more of a like a, a festive season story, because I wouldn't call it a Christmas story. Um, 
So my book is called Whiteout, and it's by multiple authors. And I'm probably probably gonna butcher all these names, but it's by uh, Daniel Clayton, Tiffany D. Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Whitfolk, and Nicola Young. Uh, this story follows like twelve young people that like go together to help their friend who has like not really broken up with their girlfriend, but has kind of broken up with their girlfriend to like try to win her back. And it's very sweet. I haven't finished it yet, so <laughs> I I don't know how it ends. But uh, so far, it's been like this whole story about how the there's like a snowstorm that hits a city in Atlanta, and you know. It's not a lot of snow, it's like six inches. Uh, but, you know, it's Atlanta, so it's the south. And so they're not used to all this snow, so it causes a lot of chaos. And, like, can they make it before, like, it's too late? And it's a story about, like, love and friendship and family. And it's, so far, really good. Um, we meet, like, different characters in, like, each chapter. And we hear about how they're all connected and how... They all go together to try and help their friend, but also how they like each have their own story and their own lives and their own lovers, in a sense. And I find it very, very cute and sweet. And also the, the writing is, is very interesting because it's, it's all of the chapters, I believe, are written by different authors since there are so many authors and each have each their own uh, chapter. And... It's just it just comes together nicely in a sense, right? Like, mm. like how each chapter, like each character, had their own style in in writing. So each author has their own character that they write, and each of these characters have their own style and how you read about them, which really creates this personality for each of the characters. So it feels like each chapter is almost like written by the character in a sense, or in some senses, yeah, because you get the inner thoughts. And uh, in one of them, there's actually, like, words are, like, crossed out. Like, in the very first chapter, um, like, it, it says, uh, my girlfriend crossed out, ex-girlfriend crossed out, then my hopefully still girlfriend. And it's, mm. it's, it's, like, really how, like, in some chapters, it's, like, the character is writing it. In other chapters, it's, like, it's, it's a character speaking it. In, and it's, it's very, like, personal to those characters and you know, how they react to, like, these things happening around them, like the the s- snowstorm and how, like, everything closes down around them, like, hindering their plans of, like, winning back this girl. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, representation in it. There's not only, like, a lot of queer representation, there's a lot of not only queer couples, but also queer people, and there's a lot of different identities and different religious representations and uh, ethnic representations and there's like a lot of these characters are black people and I feel like it's so like nice to see a book that's not just two white guys or (laughs) something (laughs) and and like as like queer representation and like it's not only sapphic in some parts but it's also two black sapphic girls and and I feel like that is just very nice. And it's also why I don't call it a Christmas book, more of a winter book, is because there are so many different religions here. Mm. And, and not all of them celebrate Christmas, but it takes place around 
like this time, like December, late December, right? Around mm-hmm. what we call Christmas. Like <laughs> what we call Christmas. Yes. Yeah. It but, is Christmas. But it's also, but it's, it's also the Hanukkah. And there's the, there's uh, one guy where they hold like fake ETH because um, like this takes place like right after COVID. Mm. And so, like, they couldn't, they didn't do it because, like, there was a lot of things with COVID. So COVID is yeah, also a so thing so COVID, COVID is a thing. And so, so there's a lot of these things that, like, play into it. And so you see all of these, like, different religions and different, like, ethnicities, like, and you learn more about them and you, like, see different things that you don't usually see in a book, which I find very nice. Sounds good. So mine is very much less Christmassy. <laughs> it is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. It is the story about Andrea Bell, or more normally, more formally known as Andy Bell. So in Little Kilson in 2012, there was this girl named Andy. She was the your popular girl. She was every stereotypical popular girl. She had this perfect boyfriend. Also, everybody thought. Because on April 20th, 2012, at 10.40, Andy is seen leaving her house for the last time. She never appears again. And she's never found. The following Tuesday, her boyfriend commits suicide and admits to having killed her. But then we go five years in the future, and there's this girl named Pippa. She starts digging into what happened to Andy, because it doesn't make sense to her. Like, why would her sweet, loving boyfriend kill her? And she ends up finding out that not everything is as she thought. And that she needed to scrape the idea of who Andy Bell was. Because Andy Bell is not exactly who you think she is. She is a lot more... She has a lot of dark secrets that she keeps around. Which leads to a spider web of who actually killed Andy. And will they ever find her body? Because her body had not been found either. Wow. Sounds very interesting <laughs> and like very... Dark like, and sinister. Yeah, but also very capturing. Like, You would really get caught up in this book, I feel. You do, and you also get right very. Oh my god, what'll happen next? Because the it's very personally written, because it changes between the character's point of view from like how she navigates the world, because it's from Pippa's view, mm. into like her, because it's for a research project for school that Pippa is writing, writing, and then you get her written thoughts about what she thinks happened to Andy. Mm. So she quite literally gets something the character written. <laughs> I just want to give a personal shout out to my favorite character, <laughs> Bonnie. He is certified good boy. He is the his papers golden retriever. He is so cute, and I love him more than life itself. <laughs> but I do that with every dog, so it doesn't say much. <laughs> of course, it's a dog. <laughs> Yes, should we move on to the next one? Okay. Um, I also didn't really choose a Christmassy book because, you know, we already have two. And I also <laughs> thought that maybe 
people just don't want to read Christmassy book, even though it's winter. You know, sometimes you know, like you our need, Grinch over here. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you sometimes you need something that's just a Hello? funny a funny book, and that's what I brought. Um, so the book <laughs> is called The Scumbillous Self-Saving System, which is, again, a Chinese book. Um, um, I just, I love these Chinese books, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, basically, it's about this uh, rich dude who, um, well, he isn't rich, his family's rich. And he just um, kind of already thinks like, oh, I just, I'm just going to rely on my family's money. I don't need to work. I don't need to get an education or any of those things. So... He decides to spend his whole life just reading these novels online. And he, at this point in time, comes across this really, really awful novel. And he's like, there's so many things wrong with this thing. There is plot holes. There are... This sentences does not even make sense. Like, what is this pile of words, basically? (laughs) And he decides to read it all because he thought... You know, maybe, maybe this novel could maybe be, maybe, gets, maybe, gets, maybe it gets, gets good. <laughs> yeah, and then sort of like after reading it straight for forty eight hours, he realizes that it's such a shitty novel that you can you can't do anything about it. Does it. Not be- it, it does, does not get good. It does not get. It does not get better. And he basically um, gets really mad that he wasted all his time reading this really stupid novel, and he says out loud that he wished that if he ever got the chance that he could rewrite the novel. And then, in and I'm quoting the book here, in a Google Translate voice, <laughs> a voice above him starts talking, and the voice says, System activated. Um, access accepted. And what happens is that he is literally traveling into the novel, um, this really, really, oh, god-awful novel and he wakes up as one of the characters and he as any normal person would do freaks out like he's like what's going on how is this even possible i thought that i was just gonna live my life as a rich kid he was so 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 scared um and he also figured out that the character he is uh turns out to be the one the only character that the protagonist of the novel really, really, really hates. <laughs> so his whole goal for this book is to basically get on the protagonist's good side and um, basically try to just survive. It's just like, um, his whole ordeal is just like, please don't kill me. Um, I'll do anything for you to not kill me. <laughs> and that's basically what the whole book is about. And it's very funny to read. <laughs> I would also give a shout out to the to the Google Translate voice. Very funny, um, very sassy. Basically, imagine you were like basically like playing a video game, and that's the, like that's the voice trying to guide you through the game. And every time the rich kid just gets more and more annoyed at this sassy in-game voice, and it's like I don't care about you, and I love it. <laughs> Moving on. What is your moving on? It sounds like we're in a hurry. (laughs) Yes. What are your thoughts on sequels? (laughs) I mean, I think they're really good if they were planned. I don't like the ones where you can read that they were just made to be made and not made because they add to the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel like you can see a lot of trilogies where they're like planned trilogies, right? Where... Where you can see that there are questions you have in the first book that still doesn't get answered to the last book, but you still get some answered 
in the first book, and it just it adds so much to the story because you can like continue the story within it. But then you also see in books where it's like one book, and then you add a. They're like, oh, this is selling well. Let's add a sequel, and you have already answered all the questions in the first book. So what is there really to answer in the second book? Yeah, mm. I feel like sometimes when they do those type of like sequels, that it's like not because it's gonna like advance whatever like plot was in the first book but rather it's just there to maybe even like just make money of yeah. it or like nothing even like there isn't like any like point to it basically yeah and then there's also the danger of decreasing the message in the plot in the first book yes very because much. then there might be contradicting messages or you might create plot holes yes uh, but then there's also books where we have like un unrelated sequels. For example, the book I have, Whiteout. There is also a uh, another book uh, in the same style called Blackout, which on the back of my book it says, "Don't miss the first novel." Um, these novels have like they're not. You can read one without reading the other, but it still takes place within you know the same universe and it has the same writing style and all of this. So. You know, and it has like some of the same representation, so it's it's like you you don't take away from like this book or the other book, you you just add to the universe, mm-hmm. and I feel like those books are really nice, unless they're done badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people only have like one like really good book, and then they try to make more, and then it yeah. might not work out the way they thought. I also really like when there are books um, which sort of, like, exist in the same universe. They don't ever, like, in a sense, touch or, like, meet Intersect. Yeah, intersect in that way. Uh, But they still exist in the same universe. So, like, if someone has read one of the books, then they are familiar with the universe within it. And then if they go on to read another book, they can, like, recognize that. Yeah. And I feel like that's also, like, you see in this book and... Then, like, my book, White Out, and then also you, you can see it in some of the Harry Potter, for example. Yeah. You, you know, no to Harry Potter. Well, yes, Harry Potter, no to the author. <laughs> yes, you see yes Fantastic I agree Be- with that. You see Fantastic Beast and yeah. Harry Potter. Mm. Those are two, like, it's within the same universe, but it's two completely different stories that do not really intersect except Albus Dumbledore. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I also have a book I'm reading that's like that. I'm reading the Grishaverse trilogy, and there's the Six of Crows geology, which is different stories but also in the yeah. same you know also isn't it like um cassandra clare has so many books like so many <laughs> like yep. uh and there's like so many side series and main series and i don't know <laughs> and i feel like i haven't read any of it but i feel like it's creating this really big universe that mm-hmm. somehow coexists within its own universe and these stories that doesn't really intersect, but somehow still intersects at, like, so, like, perfectly. It's good if you like the world, but it can be a bit yeah locking in place. Like, if you only, uh, as an author, write about one universe, you only kind of capture one kind of audience. Or yeah. if you've read some of the books and you want another universe, but they only release books in that yeah. universe, then you really can't. Yeah, I also feel like as like an outside person to this universe, like you come in and you're like, okay, I will start on this universe, but you're like, kind of like, where do I start? Yeah, and since, yeah, since this universe kind of intersects randomly, like you have the first four books of 
the the first series and then from the side series you have book one and then you continue the series and then you end it with book five to six or something and and then you're a bit confused like how do I even start this when they intersect but you don't want spoilers from this one book hmm. but you can't also like then you, it's like you read two two chapters and then you and I feel like sometimes as like a newcomer to this universe it can be kind of terrifying yeah mm. you know what you should just make my classic mistake and read the last one first <laughs> <laughs> good, good idea you can't go wrong if you read if you read from the end and back you know <laughs> You can't go wrong if you know the ending. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have made that mistake an uncomfortable amount of times. (laughs) But mine here, The Good Girl's Guide to Murder, is also a trilogy. Mm. And it's so greatly done, at least with the first one here. Because you have a lot of questions that are unanswered. Mm. Because again, it is trying to solve this crime case. And then the book and with still a lot of loose threads. Yes. That you don't really know how it ties into the plot. Yes. I feel mm. the same with uh, the the book I bought last time, I believe. The Inheritance Games. Mm. Um, which is also a, th- a trilogy. And it is, like, you have the, the first book. There's so many, many questions you have. And at the end, a lot of them get this answered. But you still have, like, one big question because it gets asked another big question at the very end and you're like oh no what do I do with this now and then you go read the second book and you get that answered and then you you like it's kind of like you need to read the second book to get this question answered and I feel like that's done really well but you still have a bit of loose threats from the first book that that still wants you to read the second book like you could just stop there but there's these like loose end that makes you want to finish reading the whole series Exactly, and that's what like encourages you to buy the second book. Yes, mm. it's a good marketing strategy. Yeah, mm, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My book really just ended on a cliffhanger. It was, <laughs> it was just, you know, it's just one of those where you want you like get mad, like you're just like, I need the second book now. Thank you. <laughs> I was about to ask what dandy was when you said that but then again i feel like that would be stupid <laughs> yeah with little just a tiny bit i mean let's just spoil it for all no. of the listeners <laughs> no, no, like don't have to read no. the book just just listen to M. <laughs> but sometimes it's also I'm nice very encouraging it with stupid questions <laughs> back to sophie yes sometimes it's also nice to just read standalones because you don't have to think about that you need to buy yes. the next books and if you don't have a lot of money, sometimes standalones can be great because you just read one and then you're done. Yeah. Like you don't save your money when you're a student and you're really stressed with so much stuff. Yeah, and you're just like, I just I want to read, but like you don't want to start like a whole ass series, and or and even like just uh like a duology is like so like overwhelming. Like sometimes a standalone is really good. Hmm. Save your money, buy standalones. <laughs> save your money, buy paperbacks. True. <laughs> save your money, go to the library instead. True, true. That is, that is peak. I, <laughs> I feel like that was a shameless promo here. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But I feel like the, the library is actually a great place to, like, if you don't want to, like, as you say, like, spend tons of money on, like, a series, like, go to the library and like get the book and like read it mm. then and then then you know it's not like spending tons of money and you get to still read it and i feel like, like as a young person who doesn't have a lot of money i feel like i should be using it more um 
the problem is you're a book collector as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's two different things: being a reader and a book collector. <laughs> two different hobbies. <laughs> yeah, and if it's like the Cassandra Clare, yeah, Cassandra Clare universe where there's like a lot of books, yeah. and you don't just want one of the books, but you don't know if it's for you, mm-hmm. then you can yeah. like try and borrow yeah. the first yeah. book from the library. Yeah, yeah. and then see, is it for me? Yeah. Is it something I will see? I'll have my parents see at the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like so many book series where they're so long that you you kind of need to like get a taste of it before you like actually commit to buying it. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, I I read Harry Potter as library books. And it was not till like I got older and I was starting my own like library collection as you can call it. <laughs> I I I got the books. Um and the same with so many other books that I read in, in childhood where, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of money and I then just went to the library like once a week and got a few books and then I just read. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also the space. Because oh, yeah. then there's, there's limited space on a bookshelf. There's not really <laughs> the same kind of limited space in a library. True, true. Because it's not your space. Exactly. <laughs> they also just have such a vast variety of books. Yeah. I feel like we all have a very like different reading taste and I believe that you could very easily find something you like at the library. And if not at the library, there is like Eriotten mm. and other like book places. So like if you've no, Or you could borrow it online and then yeah. get like yeah, get it Eriotten, sent to the exactly. li- to the library. Yeah, exactly. Also Eriotten and like also just checking it out online and like get it sent to the library. Yeah. Like, cause I, I see, like, a book I want to read, and I, oh, no, my library doesn't have it. But I bet you, you can get it to the library, or you can find it on, like, online reading platforms. Mm. And it it is just, it's really nice. If you read it online, you can also get it as an audiobook. If you don't feel like you have time to sit down and read, you can just listen to it. And I feel like audiobooks are great. I just don't particularly like them myself. <laughs> it's a very good That's idea. because you're a collector that wants to stand on the shelf. Yes. <laughs> But audiobooks is also a very good idea if you go to school and have to read books and you are not really in the mood. Uh, a lot of the books you read in school are also on yeah, audio true. and it's very nice to just listen to it instead. Yeah, yeah I have done that so many times with Danish mm. because we were right on get a sign like in not a whole book for a week almost. <laughs> like and it's would be insane. And I'll just listen to it at work on double speed. Yeah. And also, like, with audiobooks, like, if you sometimes, you know, you're not, you, you feel like you're a bit busy to, like, like read, but at the same time, you can kind of, like, control the speed. So, like, if you feel that you read, like, slower than your brain can process, which I sometimes do, it's sometimes nice to be able to just speed it up to the speed of your brain. <laughs> if that makes sense. When you're also listening to audiobooks, you can do a lot of stuff while listening to it. Whereas yeah. when you're just reading, you kind of have to sit and commit, uh, like, uh, like maybe like an hour, maybe a day, like to yeah. actually reading it. Instead, where if you're reading an audio or reading listening to an audiobook, you can get like maybe your chores done or something. Yeah, like uh, if I listen to an audiobook, I'll often do it while cleaning. Um, like when I do my chores of like cleaning the house at home. I will often like put on like an audiobook or something and then I'll get some cleaning done. 
I was about to make a joke about that explains why I don't listen to audiobooks that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 it's either that or just like watching my series because I don't have time for it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it often ends up being the series. But yeah, if I listen to an audiobook, it will be while I clean because I don't have, that means I don't have the time to set aside and read. Like, speaking of different reading formats, we can also then talk about, like, hardback and paperbacks, because, I mean, you have a hardback with you, Sophie. Yes. And I have a paperback, right? Paperbacks. <laughs> paperbacks. Hardbacks are nice, okay? They're, they're just a little so heavy. nice. A little heavy. Oh, they're, like, at night when you're tired and you're just reading it and it just stunk right in your face. <laughs> no. The mo- can I borrow your book for a second? The most amazing thing is this. No, true, no, true. it's so nice. It's just, it's like but like, premium. but like, can you make that okay. sound with a, a paperback? You know, okay. If it need, if it's a paperback, then it needs to be like floppy, floppy. Yes. If it's a hard paperback, no, um. that's not good. <laughs> well, well, well. The the floppy paperbacks have returned. Mine is not very floppy, <laughs> but like I feel mine is again, very mistreated. Again, <laughs> like paperbacks are just a bit cheaper than hardbacks. That's true. So as like. I, I I prefer hardbacks so much more, and and I would like, in an instant, buy it in a hardback if I could. But it's just a bit cheaper, and I can get more books. Yeah, if I get it as a paperback. This is mm-hmm. why we use the library, <laughs> so you can get your hardbacks and for free. It's, it's very heavy to carry compared to having a yes. paperback as well. Yes. So if you don't like carrying heavy things, then you shouldn't. And it also takes more space. Yeah, I, I like paperbacks more because yeah. you are able to like bend it in such well, a weird way. Well, well, that's only if it's floppy again. I don't crack my books, Jack. No. Well, I cracked them before I started reading them. I cracked it the spine. No! Adjustment. Let's is... see if because I did it correctly. Oh, I, I, I like you for that. <laughs> I yeah. didn't crack the spine before. I didn't like give make the spine flexible for this book because I had to read it for today. <laughs> Jasmine is very particular about how to treat her paperbacks. Yes. <laughs> which is why she hates to borrow them to me. <laughs> but she does it anyway because she wants me to read her bookshelf. Yes. <laughs> At least you don't do dog ears, so. Yeah. I you feel it's right? like all these like books are so notes. controversial. I feel like that will be on brain to use like a yellow sticky note. Yes. I, I use a sticky note as well in mine. I, I have an old like um like <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's it's just like, like a Christmas tag. It's, it's, a, like it's a, a tag. tag. Yeah. Hey, I have an ad for book depository. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like also like all these like book controversies. Like, what do you use as a bookmark? And like. Do you use hardbacks or paperbacks? Do you dog ear your pages? Do you crack your spine? I feel like these are like very fun and mm-hmm. like to dis- also discuss with other people because like people have very different opinions on them. Mm-hmm. I have like a split. and then there's Jasmine who has strong opinions. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> I have split opinions. I like pristine books when they're pristine, but if I have bought a book secondhand that's already like yes. damaged, then I don't care at all. Yes, but if I it's know. like pristine, then I don't want to like do the first. Yeah, I don't yes. want to. But if it's already bent, give it to fresh. You can break. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, that would hurt my book heart. <laughs> I have like the majority of the Very Bad Diaries series secondhand. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of a good like good ways to like get books is like secondhand in the library. Mm-hmm. Cause like like one, it's it's like yes, you have to be 
careful of the library books. Um, but it's it's not like you have to be like extremely careful because a lot of the time the the spine is already cracked or it's a hardback, so you don't have to be careful with that. And it's often like covered in plastic, or like yeah. a bit more robust than yeah, because it it is books. a library book, so they are made to you know last longer than your 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 normal book that you will probably read once, twice, maybe three, four times. It's not like it, it's made to be read a million times, mm. uh, at least not a, a paperback. Maybe a hardback is a bit more made for that. Um, but a library book is it's, it's like made to be read a few more times than a usual book would be. Mm. And then there's also the biggest, my biggest pet peeve with series that you avoid that way by using the library. It's having different versions of <gasps> yes. the same series. <laughs> I do that. It's so annoying. Because I have three different versions of the Vapor Diary series. <laughs> and I feel like, again, as a book collector, different versions of a book is, like, it's, like, great. Because, like, there's something for everyone. Like, there's a cover or a version of the book for everyone uh, to fit their aesthetic or something. But at the same time, you wish for a book for Christmas and you get four different versions <laughs> of, like, a book in a series. And you'll just be there, like... Thank you. That's I will why. go exchange half of these. That's why I give the exact link to yes. which specific cover I want. You know, younger me didn't know that. Same. I bought a book. I bought the second um, screenplay of Fantastic Beasts. Yes. And it was like another publisher than the first one I bought. And the materials is different on the cover. And they're like a tiny bit shorter mm. than the other one. I also have a lot of my books were um, like... The, the version of it that I have doesn't get out for another while. So, mm. for example, um, some of, again, Dean Heritage Games is the last book. I'm waiting for it in, to be in the same version as I have my two other books in. Um, mm. It is out in both hardback and paperback, but it's not in the paperback version, like the paperback version of the hardback. It's only in the other paperback version. Mm. And... F- it's and I just have to wait to to read it because I want to I want to get it um, so that I can read it. I'm just waiting for it at this point. <laughs> well, I think that concludes our winter episode of this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have found some new recommendations. And if you did, we hope you enjoy reading. Bye bye bye. bye. bye.